0: Hello, and welcome to the Sick Podcast, Giant Central, the sickest New York Giants podcast on the planet. I'm your host, Desmond Novak. Welcome to episode 28. Going to be breaking down the Giants' depressing loss to the Saints and why it unfortunately killed their playoff hopes. Let's get into it. Turn up your volume your your because you're about to listen to the, the sick, sick, podcast. Podcast. sick Podcast, Giant Central incomplete and the ball game's over and the Giants have won Super Bowl 46 the sickest New York Giants podcast it's gonna be sick Sick, 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 sick. all right y'all we're in the final stretch of the NFL season for the Giants. For example, there's only three games left and we got to make every second count. And with DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make the most out of every game day, bet on your favorite teams for winning a shot at, for a shot at winning big bucks as new customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just five on any matchups. So get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Of course, Download the app now and use code six sports as again, new customers can score 150 instantly and in bonus bets for betting just five smackaroos on the NFL only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code six sports. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or if you're in New York, call eight seven seven eight 8 hope ny or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. But with that out of the way, like I said, right into it, Giants, Saints, Giants lost this one 24 to six defense got carved up. Offense had nothing going for him. Tommy DeVito got banged up in a lot of different ways. And with the way things are looking now, it would take a miracle for the Giants to make the playoffs. It was already looking slim before, but with a loss like this, not looking good at all Uh, offensively. The Giants had nothing going for him. Like I said, Saquon had a bad game. The offensive line was putrid. Tommy DeVito didn't look like his usual self. end of the game with 193 total yards and not a single touchdown. Going into the game, I said it in the last episode, the Saints have a good defense. Their run defense is a little questionable, but in terms of their secondary and pass coverage, it's very good. And that was made clear this game is because the Giants made them look like a top unit in the NFL. But back to the offensive line, everyone looked bad. Not a single offensive lineman on the Giants this game looked good. You could make the argument that Andrew Thomas looked fine, but even then, it's very clear that since he's come back from uh, whatever injury he had before, hamstring, whatever, that he's not the same player. I We have discussed before how he has a supposed MCL sprain or whatever, which, again, I don't know why the Giants keep playing him. I digress. Um, again, it's very clear he's been struggling. More specifically, Justin Pugh has continued to look really bad i was a big you know uh proponent of like oh yeah the giants need to sign him he was solid last year yes he's coming off an acl tear but like he's probably going to be better than any of the guys they have at guard right at this moment they signed him in week six to come up against the bills and not even a week after being signed he started looked pretty questionable but again that's to be expected and ever since then he hasn't really improved much uh this game he gave up Six pressures and two sacks. Bull sacks coming very early in the game, which kind of set the tone. I really don't know how he's starting at this point. I know that there's not many better options uh, behind him. But like at this point, I would almost rather move Ben Bredesen back to left guard and start Mark Lewinsky. And I know that's saying a lot because if you know me, you know I'm not a big fan of Mark Lewinsky. Tommy DeVito had his worst game. Uh, probably since his first start or first game ever against the Jets. The offensive line didn't do him any favors. He's banged up, whether it be when he definitely got knocked out um, uh, or his apparent leg or knee injury later in the game. Saquon, again, a non-factor. End of the game with just nine carries for 14 yards. It's like a carry, a yard and a half per carry. And something that's interesting, and it's something I think I've I've noted uh, on previous episodes, He's not really having the workload he had earlier in the year like last season like for example he's had 15 or less carries in four of his last five games 15 carries in the modern nfl is a good amount for a running back like we've seen saquon have games where he's ran the ball like 25 30 times and that's definitely too much but it's not really in that sweet spot of where you want like your franchise running back to you know, be at in terms of carries and it's a little disappointing to see. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know if there's something going on behind the scenes, but overall the decrease in workload and snaps has been pretty weird. Like Matt Breda has been on the field a little too much for my liking. Um Jalen Hyatt looked pretty bad. He had three targets. Two were not very good throws, but one was a really easy drop. I think it was just like a basic slant hit him in the hands and dropped it. It was a little contested, but still Darren Waller. Like I said, finally came back. They activated him off IR he was on a pitch count, but still ended the game with four catches for 40 yards. Made a big difference. Like I was saying, obviously, the him coming back didn't open up the run game like I thought it would. But regardless, he was there. He was the Giants' best receiver. Yeah, he wasn't the leading receiver because Darius Slayton had a couple of catches in garbage time. But in terms of making a difference when the Giants were actually in the game, Darren Waller did the most. Um Back to the offensive line though. This is something I I kind of tweeted about during the game and it's, it's something I've really talked about a lot since I've had this show. The offensive line is the worst in the league right now. Like statistically they have they've given up the most sacks in the NFL, 15 more than second place. And yeah, a lot of these sacks can be attributed to, you know, guys like Tommy DeVito and Daniel Jones not really being able to process defenses standing in the pocket for too long. But you can't tell me that a good chunk of these sacks is just from terrible blocking from the offensive line. Like we've seen so many picks, free agent signings, and trades been made to try and improve the line. and yet it's somehow gotten worse. And I really think that Bobby Johnson is a big part of this for those of you who don't know. He's the Giants offensive line coach. Evan Neal has shown zero progression in two seasons. He looks worse than he ever did at Alabama. Mark Wominski sign of the Giants has looked significantly worse. John Feliciano signed of the Giants for one year looks significantly worse than the year he did before the line still can't read stunts. And this was abused against the saints. Like John Michael Schmidt's a young center. He's going to make mistakes. The saints were cooking him off the basic fact that he very clearly has not been coached to read stunts. And this is an issue that's been going on for the, for the longest time. Like it's not just a Bobby Johnson issue, which is something I'm also going to bring up in a second, but like, The fact that these, these guys can't read stunts or make basic pickups on defensive line plays is really bad. Like what is Bobby Johnson doing with these guys at practice? I'm genuinely curious because no one's getting better other than Andrew Thomas. And at this point, he's just an anomaly on that offensive line. You can make the argument, Ben Bredesen's gotten better, but like, even then he went from what shit to mediocre, like, okay, that that's probably something that was just going to happen regardless. And Like, it's just so frustrating watching this shit happen. And then, like, not that Bobby Johnson was his coach when he was here. I can't help but look at, like, Will Hernandez. Will Hernandez started off with the Giants. His rookie season looked pretty good, looked fine his second season, but continuously got worse after that. And then the second he leaves for the Cardinals, he becomes a very good guard for them. And has been a good guard for them, for what, two, three years now since he left? I think he left. Was it the year before or the year of Joe Shane? I can't remember. Regardless, he's gotten better. And that's been the case with uh, other offensive linemen. Like, uh, what's his name? Kevin Zeitler. I think, I think I'm think i thinking of that. I might not be saying his name right. But I, uh, a big guy. I really, liked the, I really liked him on the Giants. A very good veteran guard. And not that he's necessarily gone from, like, bad to good since joining the Ravens or being traded to the Ravens. But it's more the fact of, like, the Giants have had good offensive line depth in the past. And yet they continuously get rid of them. I bring it up all the time, but I will never forget when (laughs) Dave Gettleman let Weston Richburg and Justin Pugh walk two very good interior offensive linemen to sign Nate Solder to the biggest offensive line contract in NFL history. And it's like Weston Richburg got hurt and ended up retiring like two years after. And Justin Pugh was a fine but not great offensive guard. But hell, I'd rather have that than Nate Solder. I'd rather have Will Hernandez and Ben Bredesen and Mark Wominski like, like, yeah. And it's to it's the point where, like, if Bobby Johnson is somehow retained after the season, the Giants aren't going to go anywhere. It's very clear at this point that he's just not a good coach. Like, period. He's not a good coach. And the lack of progression from anyone is very telling of that. So if they look at this, they look at the offensive line being one of, if not the worst units in the NFL, and both seasons Bobby Johnson's been around and decide that it's a good idea to retain him, then I I don't have much faith in this front office at, at that point. But uh, switching over from the offense, because there's not really much to talk about from them. no one did anything like outstandingly bad or good other than the guys I've mentioned. Uh, the defense. First bad game from them in a while. Uh, Wink decided uh, going into this game to run a zone as opposed to a normal man, and it just didn't work. It it definitely seemed like the zone depended on pass rushers getting to Derek Carr, but it just didn't happen. Kayvon Thibodeau was a no-show, had one tackle, zero pressures. Dexter Lawrence, I don't want to say was a no-show, but definitely disappointing. Three tackles, no pressures as well. Derek Carr had all day to throw, and the Saints really ran some beautiful pass designs to really just carve up the zone of really just because they knew Carr was going to have all the time in the world of just waiting and, and abusing the zone, really just dropping the pass perfectly in between making great reads. Like this is just a good game from Derek Carr. Like I was kind of shitting on him before saying that, like I could see him getting benched, but that was also on the fact that the giants defense had just looked great. So like, I thought he might play bad early on and get benched for James Winston. And I was proven wrong. I look silly. Um But it, the point is, The Giants have two Pro Bowl-level pass rushers in Dexter Lawrence and Kayvon Thibodeau. And for them to be as quiet as they were this game is really concerning, because like I I was saying in the last episode, the Saints' offensive line is fine. It's good even, but it's not great. And I've watched both Kayvon and Dexter Lawrence just absolutely shit on some very, very talented players. And to watch Kayvon get beat by Andres P, Andres P, however you say his name, and Dexter get shit on by like mediocre guards and centers, like it's not good. I'll I'll give Dexter some slack because I think he's uh, coming off like his first full go week of uh, from a hamstring injury, which is not something anyone likes to see. But still, uh, this is also the first game in which the Giants did not force a turnover since Week Nine against the Raiders, in which it was a very similar outcome. I'm pretty sure the Giants lost that game thirty to six, and then lost this game twenty four to six. So. Same same shit, different week. Um, Adore Jackson was oh, he was so bad. <laughs> Gave up four catches on four targets for 74 yards and a touchdown, had two very big game-changing plays, but not in the, the way that you'd hope. Uh, I'd be saying that. Uh on third and fourteenth, I believe early in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, it's third and fourteen. There's a very small chance of the Saints converting it. He got toasted by, I believe, A.T. Perry on a deep comeback route and then, like, not gave up but just whiffed on the tackle. They got it and then went on to score. And then earlier in that game, third and seven, Derek Carr throws an incomplete pass. He gets flagged for holding. Saints go on to dry- score on that drive as well. That's two drives that would have been ended and the Saints would not have scored had Adore Jackson not made two big mistakes. And this has been a bad season for Adore. Like he's been really mediocre all year long. And at this point, he's probably not going to get a new contract this offseason. I was looking because I was writing an article for G Man HQ. I think this is the most yards a has given up in a season since like 2018, 2019. And he hasn't even played a full season yet. Not only is the year not over, but he's only played like 10 games. And he's given up the most yards in like five years. Like that's bad, man. That is bad. Um, it's really disappointing because. You can make the argument that Adoree could have been a Pro Bowler last year had he stayed healthy, and he just comes out this season and hasn't an, and has been outplayed by guys like Cordell Flatt and Deontay Banks a lot. And it, it's going to be interesting to see really how much money he gets of like if teams are going to think that he's going to bounce back or if they don't think he's going to. I don't know. Uh, for the linebackers, Micah McFadden made a few nice plays throughout the game, but Bobby Okereke was pretty damn quiet. And to me, it kind of goes to show the difference between like him and Demario Davis of like demario davis is a fucking monster man i was looking at his numbers going into this game like he is still probably the second best linebacker in the nfc behind of course Fred Warner, who's probably the best linebacker in all football yet i think okara K is second in nfc pro bowl voting and obviously the difference in saints fans and giants fans is, is a reason for that but like demario davis is so good like i think he's they're obviously the Saints leading tackler, but I also think he's second on their team in sacks. I, like, it, it was five and a half before the game, but he had one, so it would now be six and a half. So, like, he does it all. He's great in coverage. He's great against the run. He's great. He's a great pass rusher. He's basically, like, just an upgraded version of Bobby O'Karake, like, a very good all-around linebacker, but just obviously, again, better than Bobby O'Karake, which is cool. Like, I, I've always really liked Amario Davis. Um and obviously this game again just goes to show the gap in between the two in talent uh and also shout out to a sean robinson again uh again when i made my tier list video i was saying i put him in like d because he hasn't been doing much and now yeah he had, he's had 16 tackles in two weeks which is like really fucking good for an interior defensive lineman again hasn't really done much this year uh but has been showing up I don't I don't remember what kind of contract the Giants signed him to, but maybe it's ex- expiring. If it is, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought him back. Another thing that happened this game, this is an offense or defense, the injuries were really annoying. <laughs> like uh Tommy DeVito got knocked the fuck out. Then Tyrod Taylor comes in. And the Tommy DeVito comes back, gets hurt again, but is playing through it. And then earlier in the game, you have Randy Bullock, who looks like he is like Justin Pugh just got off the couch. Like he does not look in shape at all. Hurts his hamstring on a kickoff. Jamie Gillen comes in, gets hurt. I don't think it was on a kickoff, but hurt his hamstring as well. It was to the point where you had... The long snapper, I might be mispronouncing his name. Sorry if I am. Casey Kreider, I think his name is, taking kicks. Lawrence Cager, the third string tight end, was taking kicks. And obviously it didn't matter. Randy Bullock didn't come back, but Jamie Gillan was good to go. Very clearly still hurt, but made a field goal. I think he's right now the the leading uh, punter in the NFC, and if not the league, in terms of uh, Pro Bowl votes, which is pretty ridiculous. Because like last year, Jamie Gillen was not good. He was, okay, he was inconsistent. I'll say that. He had moments where he was really good, but his moments were really bad. Gillen's been really good this year. And, I mean, the Giants have had to punt a lot, so obviously it's on display more than other punters who who might be better. But uh, him hitting that field goal is definitely going to help him in terms of votes. I know Pat McAfee was like calling him the Scottish hamper, which, I mean, is his nickname, but like kind of hyping him up. And I'm sure whenever he's going to be having his show, he's going to talk about it because, obviously, Pat McAfee loves his kickers. But enough of that game. This is more of some uh, end of the season talk. This are only three weeks away. The Giants have secured their, I think, like sixth losing season in five years, basically, or fifth losing season in six years. Um, there's three games left, you know, and at this point, it would take a miracle for the Giants to make the playoffs. They'd have to beat the Eagles twice and the Rams, and a lot of other teams would have to lose out. So, like, they're not statistically eliminated yet but they're, they're not making the playoffs. If I'm not mistaken, I saw it yesterday after the game, they're currently slated to pick seventh overall in the draft and they have like a 54% chance of falling into the top five. Obviously depends on how some of the other teams in that range play and obviously the giants as well. Um, I mean, these guys are talked about a lot, but if you're you know looking for guys to look at in the draft, Joe all tackle out of Notre Notre Dame, Jaden Daniels, maybe, they could go for a Caleb Williams, Drake May if they get lucky and or trade up. I could I saw someone make a very good point of just the kind of like uh GM Joe Shane is compared to like Dave Gettleman of like this is a once in a life, not once in a lifetime, but once in like a couple year opportunity for Joe Shane to really lock up his quarterback position. Kind of like what the Bills did when they drafted Josh Allen. And it would in a way be foolish for them to not try and trade up. And I'm not saying that's the right thing to do, because I'm always hesitant when it comes to trading up. I'm hesitant when it comes to drafting quarterbacks. I've had to I've watched my team draft two first round quarterbacks in my entire life, and I was like one year old. One year would it be one year old? Yeah, sure. Uh, um, when the first one happened with Eli Manning and then obviously Daniel Jones, and Daniel Jones ain't working out, so you know, I'm not used to the whole quarterback thing like a team like the Browns might be, or the Commanders, or whatnot. Uh, regardless, going into the offseason, there are a lot of holes that need to be addressed. You have your offensive line, obviously. Still the issue of not really having that top-level receiver. You have to figure out the whole contract situation with Xavier McKinney. Do you resign a Doray Jackson? And if not, do you draft a corner like second, third round? Do you sign another veteran? Uh, What do you do with your interior defensive line? Because now you kind of have a gap left, but from Leonard Williams being traded. You look to replace, potentially replace Aziz Ojolari, who has kind of been quiet this season, regardless of whether or not he's been healthy. There there are so many things that the Giants could do this offseason that it's really just going to be interesting to see. Right now, they currently have, I think, a first-round pick, two second-round picks, and then, like, their normal amount of, you know, three through seven with maybe a couple extra like fifth i think they might have an extra fifth um they have a little under 40 million cap space so there's definitely room to do to make moves basically there there's a lot of room to improve with this giants team heading into next year however we'll see if they make the right moves i'm i trust joe shane a good bit i don't think he's done anything too bad in terms of like drafting or signing anything he's definitely hasn't been perfect there's no doubt about that but I trust him enough I I don't know man this season has not gone where anyone expected it to be they made the playoffs last year and obviously right now they're one of the worst teams in the NFL moment there has been moments where you could say they were the worst team in the NFL but I don't know I I keep saying I don't know because like I'm trying to think of something I'm like oh if they do this it, it can formulate to that and that but like I got nothing man like, they, it all really depends on what direction the Giants want to go. Do they want to keep Daniel Jones around another season? Maybe draft someone the year after and focus on a different position in this year's draft? Do they not do that? And then you have the question of, do they trade up for Drake May Caleb Williams? Or do they settle for a Jaden Daniels or, God help me, a Bo Nix? Like, I'm like, i never the kind of guy to really hate on players, especially like prospects. I think the only time I really ever have, and I talked about it on last episode with Trevor Penning, and it was more of because I didn't understand the hype with him, and he's also he's kind of kind of a douchebag. I'm not gonna lie; like he, he's gotten in way too many fights with his teammates. The whole thing. It, he, moving on, Bo Nix is not a guy I like, and it's not has nothing to do with him as a person. I'll say that I know nothing about Bo Nix as a person. I just I, I don't I don't see it. Plain and simple, I do not see it with Bo Nix and I really don't want to, the Giants to draft a guy like that when there's someone like Jaden Daniels, who I think has way more upside than him. Regardless, it's going to be an interesting and maybe fun offseason. The draft is going to be crazy, that's all I know. But with that being said, going to wrap things up here. Please remember to like, comment, subscribe. Hit the notification bell so you're reminded of every time we drop a new episode. I'm your host, Desmond Novak, and thank you all so much for watching. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast, Giant Central, on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.